You try to have a Viking in for a podcast, and he just starts rubbing his beard on everything. Yeah. Coming to you from beautiful Flagstaff, Arizona, this is the Drinking Horn Meadcast. Join us as we take a deeper dive into mead and mead culture. Welcome everybody back to the Drinking Horn Meadcast. Meadcast, 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 Meadcast. If you're new to the podcast, or the Meadcast rather, Meadcast, 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 Meadcast. Uh, welcome. And if you're back, well, welcome back again. Uh, I am one of the co-hosts, Nick, and today Evan is out and about. He's heading down to Tucson um, for a little trip, uh, so he is not with us, um, so it'll probably go way better. <laughs> Um, but I do have a, uh, a co-host here today. I have our one and only Viking back, Mr. Halbjorn. Hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> that was nice. Hello. Hello. Let's give our best, uh, like, sexy fireside voice right now. Hello. Hello. Oh. <laughs> had to turn the volume up on that one. It was, a, it was like a whisper in the ear. <laughs> well, yeah, if you're at the fireside, you don't have to be that loud. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So yeah, we've got we've got a Halbjorn back again. If you are familiar with our Meadcast, we have three different kind of prongs that we talk about. We either talk about mead, or we talk about bees and honey, or we talk about uh, Norse mythology. A little bit more than Norse mythology, culture. Norse yeah. culture. Yes, that's yeah. a great way of saying because yeah, we have just. I mean, it's mostly been mythology for sure, um, but also we had that one episode about Viking hygiene, and so just you know, I guess the history, culture, and mythology all wrapped into one. Yeah, yeah, we got one no boundaries for that, really. <laughs> one what? One prong. One prong. We have, like, four prongs on the one prong. Yeah. It's like a tree. What's a tree? What's that uh, giant tree? In Yggdrasil. Oh, yes. Yeah, the, the, the world tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, we're here to talk about specifically uh, something that is very central to this time of year, and if you are listening to this in the summertime, you're in the wrong part of the year. We're, we're here in December, and we are fastly fastly approaching the 21st of december which is what uh well it's, a couple well, things i guess yeah it's a couple things uh more notably and secularly and generally and factually it is the summer solstice you know the 20 the 21st summer and 22nd, or sorry so <laughs> winter solstice <laughs> um, right uh so Basically, the 21st or the 22nd, depending on, you know, the phases of the, 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 the Earth and the Sun and such, is going to be the solstice. Uh, and most of the peoples around the world have actually, you know, taken this time to have celebration to, you know, for the darkest day or the darkest or shortest day for sunlight, uh, but to, re- to more notably celebrate the return of the sun and a and a spring and a good harvest the next year nice awesome um, more notably we'll be talking about yule yes that that is specifically if you look at the title of this episode it is all about yule and you will be happy you joined us here on the drinking horn meatcast and so uh, i guess my first question for you is the word yule 
what what's that all about does it does it have some kind of background is it some other language is it a combination what's what's up with the it's word a huge Yule? combination of all of them mm. um it's, it's only four letters though <laughs> <laughs> well you, you, you there's a lot of four letter words that have a lot of history <laughs> um no uh so i mean so in terms of yule as the word we don't know that its exact origin uh, there's some people or there's some sources that say that it could just mean, you know, something as crass as drinking time. Oh. Uh, yeah, or the, so, I mean, there's ul or um, I can't remember the other variations of it, but it was um, uh, good iol or oil or ul or something like that that was just, yeah, it just kind of turned into, you know, Yule, but it is just a time for drinking and feasting, but more notably hibernating. You know, there's not much that you're going to be able to do in an agrarian society other than just, you know, spend time near the fire and try not to freeze to death. That's, that's absolutely, I can see that, especially if you are in the northern regions of the northern hemisphere during this time, you, you got a lot of darkness to deal with. Yep. Yeah. Especially, I mean, we hear about in Alaska, but they get it in Norway and Sweden as well. Uh, the, the midnight sun, sometimes in the summer, whenever there's a lot of, you know, the, the sun that just kind of skirts this, uh, the sky. But then you also have these times of just extreme darkness, uh, especially during the time of Yule and winter nights and the, the, the wild hunt and everything that we'll be talking about. Oh, gosh, that so. sounds cool. Yeah. So, so you kind of have like. You have the midnight sun, but then you also have the noontime moon. Is that a, a saying? I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I've, never I've not heard that, that one as, <laughs> as often. <laughs> well, it's now copyrighted from the uh, Drinking Horn Meatcast. Meatcast, Meatcast, Meatcast. All right, so, so Yule means a time of drinking, a time of feasting. Right. It is, um, is it directly correlated to the day of the winter solstice? Uh, well, yes, actually. I mean, we can imagine that our early ancestors, they didn't have phones and they didn't have TV and Netflix what? and all these things. So what they had was just the night and the day sky and people started paying attention and started realizing oh we get shorter days and I mean I can imagine when this was first discovered maybe there was a panic I we don't know I wasn't there um, but we can you know they suspect that okay the sun goes through these cycles where it'll go away for a little bit in you know what we call winter and it wasn't until you know, Co- 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 uh, Copernicus and even before then where they had the um, heliocentric model and then they realize why we have the seasons mm. but for them it was just yeah the sun's going away and the idea was is that the cheer will bring back the sun that it's a celebration of a next year's good harvest it's a you know that's where you make your resolutions or as we'll get into your oaths which are a lot more important mm. so um, nice I like the idea of, of trying to cheer back the right. sun. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. Right. Right. Feast back the sun. Yep, exactly. <laughs> well, and it's, I mean, even just not just specifically Yule, but this, just this time of year in general, it is goodwill to all. Doesn't matter who you are, what your creed, or you know anything. You know, doesn't matter who you are, or where you come from. You know, this time of year is supposed to be the year or the, the time of hospitality, the time of goodwill to everyone. Absolutely. I mean, we're all on the earth, so we all understand, mm-hmm. or you know, we should all understand uh, how the seasons work and that we're all affected by that. So I love, I love that. That yeah, it's goodwill towards all. And uh, speaking of feasting and, and gathering, we have almost nearly a full house here at the Mead Hall on Friday. We got some snow last night. We got some feasting uh, going on at the long table right now over some, uh, I think that's some some culturally significant 
food over there? Yeah, yeah. Um, some some pizza, some pizza from Italy. I don't know. I mean, they 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 went around. Yeah. You know, they just didn't go anywhere where there were tomatoes. Oh, true. <laughs> Can you grow tomatoes up in like Norway no, and no, Iceland? No. <laughs> Inside maybe, like right. in yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a Viking hydroponics. Bin. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Okay, so we've got this. Um, you know, we just said that we are kind of like you know heartily drinking and feasting to uh, hopefully bring the sun back and in celebration. Well, and pass the time. And to pass the time, that's yeah. right, because it's, it's so dark and it is, a, like you said, what was that word you said? Agricultural? No, not agrarian. Agrarian. Yeah, which means agriculture, like, you know, when, yeah. when you are dependent on the elements and dependent on the sun for your crops and you can't give them the boosters that we can give them now with, you know, all of our crops and everything that with, you know, yeah. we, we don't have the hormones. Uh, when you are dependent on just the elements, that's an agrarian society. And in winter, gotcha. there's not much growing going on. No. <laughs> no, 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 not not up there, especially. No. Uh, cool. So, so what are some of the things that are done surrounding this? Like some of the say um, celebrations right. or or rituals, maybe you could call them. Well, many of you at home are already doing them every year. Say what? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this this might not be news to many of our listeners, especially if you listen to our uh, last year's episode about Odin and Santa and the various you know things and legends that came out of that. Uh, but a lot of what we know of, you know, here in America and in the Western world as Christmas and all the things that we associate with Christmas is just things that they did regularly for Yule. Uh, the only difference is that, you know, you have the addition of Christ's Mass that was added to it for that time of year. Uh, and they were able to kind of sort of a play on words do the return of the sun. Oh, what? <laughs> was that on purpose? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, it can't be on purpose, right, even though that's what you know, a Easter, dink. but it's it still is. Oh, they, true. You, know, oh, <laughs> you got me on I that I think one. it was uh, King, it was like maybe uh, Hakon. Yeah, King Hakon the Good or something. He was a king of Norway that, um, you know, Norway was a bunch of you know, neighboring kingdoms and such, and he was trying to get control of all of Norway. And so what ended up happening is that he, he himself was Christian and he went through the land and he saw that they were doing these pagan rituals. And a lot of this happened all throughout Europe in general during the Christianization uh, period. But he, you know, allowed them to just keep these rituals and, you know, keep these things, uh, the, these, these traditions and these... Uh, I guess we, now we could just call them decorations because that's all they are now, <laughs> more or less today yeah, yeah, for yeah. a lot of people. Um, but yeah, he said you could keep those, but then we'll we'll just wedge our guy, you know, somewhere mm. in the middle of mm. all of this. Uh, and the 25th is more or less just kind of in the middle of what we call Yuletide. You know, it is from the 20th or 21st till about January 1st, uh, or if you're doing 21st to the 1st, 12 days, which is oh. where we get the 12 days of Christmas or Whoa. 12 days of Yule. It really is kind of crazy. And you mentioned that the connections are, and you mentioned our, our past episode, episode number 13, talking about uh, Odin and Santa mm -hmm. and, and those. Um, so you can go back and listen to even more connections uh, than we can make here. So so Yuletide, or the world, or I guess, yeah, Yuletide and Yule time mm -hmm. is still in the holiday oh, yeah. culture now. Well, 
uh, in the holiday culture now, even in America, because we think about, you know, Yuletide carols, Yuletide, you know, this or that in association with Christmas. Uh, and that is a lot in part, you know, due to Hakan and other people during the Christianization period that allowed people to, I guess, keep their pagan ways, but sort of fa- and so, sort of phase it into, you know, the, the, an, another religion and a re- another time, basically. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. So um, what are some, are there any more kind of rituals, you call them ornaments and stuff like that? So So most notably, we're sitting around here in the Mead Hall and hanging on the uh, walls are wreaths. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we rotate out a new artist every month. And this month we have some beautiful wreaths that are actually, I believe, grown at the farm that uh, that, that they that they are made at as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kate Waters, she has yep. uh, all. She like gathers all these plants, does all the, you know, whatever prep. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm not gonna act like I know anything about it. <laughs> um, but the drying and and you're right. I think we had her last year as well. Yep. And this year, maybe she always was like this good, or maybe she stepped up her game. But these wreaths this year right. are, are but awesome. In any case, and wreaths are more of kind of a Celtic and English borrowing and such. But it was sort of you know something to. Uh, I think we had be- briefly mentioned something about that it representing the circle of the sun and the return of the new year and the return of the sun and such. Hmm. Uh, it's also kind of a, a warding fairy circle, or it's like a protection thing, oh. you know. Um, and so that's one leftover for Yule. Uh, the largest example of Yule or Christmas sort of you know similarities is the tree that we bring in every single year. Uh, Crazy year. humans, what are we doing? Right, right. Uh, <laughs> and you know, th- there is a lot of speculation that even during maybe the Viking times, uh, maybe a little bit later, they did bring in evergreen trees, uh, and evergreens are a very strong symbol of just Christmas and Yuletide anyway, because it represents immortality. You know, these leaves do not, or these, you know, these pines or these trees do not lose their color year round, and so it is a reminder of, you know, the constant of all things. Hmm. Well, and that's also why they would decorate with holly and mistletoe and other things that were very important and were, you know, always green no matter what. Nice, cool. I like that. I don't know that we mentioned, or that you mentioned. I wouldn't have mentioned it. I don't. I don't know crap about crap on this stuff, but um, about the the circle and, and that right. kind of thing, and returning the sun. So that's awesome. So if you guys have a wreath out there uh, somewhere in your house, um, there's a little bit more knowledge of some of that stuff where where it comes from. Cool. So there are a couple more little stories uh, that I kind of want to get into uh, here at the Mead Hall. We have uh, a beautiful painting up on our windows for the holidays, very festive. And when people first pass by, they probably think they're looking at Santa Claus. And then the next thing they see is what they perceive as Santa Claus, which again, go back to our Odin um, episode number 13. Sure, yeah, actually that's true. But he's wearing green and he's got a horn and stuff like that. So Odin, but unexpectedly to people probably walking by, he is, he has tethered to him a a goat. Yep. So, so what's up with that? So, I mean, goats in general were just very important to the Scandinavian peoples, or really just the Germanic peoples in in Europe in general. You know, they make cheeses. You know, they make great great you know food for themselves, and they also mm-hmm. can be beasts of burden, uh, as shown in our in our window. Um, what do you mean beasts of burden? They, they're burden, it, uh, burdened by gifts and such. And so on the window, we Oh, they carry got, a bunch of heavy shit. Oh, yeah, a bu- bunch of heavy stuff, gotcha, exactly. Gotcha. And he's got a sack full of meat and presents and everything else as well. 
Yeah, I see the bottles of mead that they put mm-hmm. on there on the painting that the goat's carrying. That's a that's precious cargo. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and so if we want to go, I mean, I guess we could do somewhat chronological. Uh, if we want to go all the way back to the Viking times, the goat is, you know, associated primarily with Thor. Uh, his uh, chariot was pulled by two goats, mm. uh, both of which he was able to kill, and cook and eat and then as long as you didn't break the bones he would you know take the bones and the hide put them out spin his hammer above them and sure enough some magic would happen and you would those goats would be back and alive and maybe a little uncomfortable having been you know digested or eaten and slaughtered but no sure these goats are plenty um and so sometimes these goats and i think there's also maybe a goat in valhalla too where uh each Teat on the other udder uh, gave a different uh, beverage. So the first one was you know just milk, you know. The uh, second one was ale. The third one was wine, and then of course the fourth one, more importantly, was meat. Yeah, uh, so. <laughs> that is that is the both most disturbing and amazing uh, soda fountain. <laughs> so would people do suicides back then, like I oh, used I to do? No where you with the milk. Try Ew, every gross. single time. Uh, <laughs> no. Oh, we, do, we oh man. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. No, leave, leave the ale out. Maybe the milk and the uh, and the mead. Yeah, there could be yeah. some milky meads. Anyway, I right. digress. So right. goats. Well, <laughs> I, right. And so I mean, there was also the association too with Odin because there is. I mean. There's a borrowing for Yule and Christmas in general, especially in Scandinavia and in you know, and even parts of Germany, where the Yule goat is very important. And you know, goats not only were a really important animal in and of themselves in agriculture, they were also symbolically important not only because of Odin and all that. It was because that is kind of what brought presents before Santa Claus. Before him. Before him. Uh, right. So with the association with you know Thor and Odin. Odin and the old Norse gods, um, with the Christianization and such, of course, things that had to do with goats weren't exactly viewed in the best of light by you know Christianization and you know because goats is very, are very associated with Satanism and going against the the, the flock and all these other different things. Um, but then it was somewhat revived as being something that would be you know bearing gifts later on in the European period and it, it was actually the thing that brought presents before Santa Claus was really kind of a thing uh, and it was actually until it wasn't until like you know the early 20th century that some parts in Europe and some parts of Norway didn't even just accept Santa Claus as a regular thing it was always the Yule goat oh that's <laughs> that's awesome that's so that's uh that there's still places that are yeah. like, ah, Santa doesn't do right. crap, it's but the goat. one of the early Santa myths or one of the early Santa things is that he would, you know, uh, cart a goat around and he, he that would be one of his repertoire of, you know, thing, people and deities and, and things that he would have in either the wild hunt if he's Odin or if he's going out on his, you know, night of gift giving if, it, you know, you're anyone else. Um, and so the goat kind of got phased out a little bit. It sort of at one point was a 
sort of an allegory for Saint Nicholas taming uh, the devil, more or less. He's just like, oh, look at this goat, and he's got his horns and everything, and I'm Saint Nicholas, and I'm, you know. Uh, but then the goat became more of a benevolent creature. Mm. Uh, but to this day, uh, in Sweden and uh, Norway and Denmark, and a lot of other places all around the world, uh, you can get little stray, little straw goats uh, for ornaments and such, and they'll hang them on the trees or have them in the uh, uh, have them in their trees, or they'll make bigger ones and put them near doors. And there's even actually kind of an old German. Uh, in Scandinavian pastime, I don't know if they do it anymore, but where the kids or your neighbors or people in the village would try to take the goat and then hide it in a neighbor's house to and, and not get caught. And <laughs> if they discovered the goat, crap, now they have to get rid of it, but in the same way, they can't get caught. So it, it became this sort of like, oh, I'm gonna hide the goat in you know your, your closet over here, so then you don't notice. And then by the time Yule comes around, if you found the goat, oh, sorry, you have to get rid of it the same way. Oh. Oh, man, breaking and entering to give people goats. Yeah, that's, yep. that's all. I have seen a couple of those photos of the straw or hay or whatever um, stick twig twine. And the world goats. record, oh. uh, Guinness World, a Book of World Records, largest straw goat or largest hay goat is in. I think I might pronounce this wrong, but Yavle, Sweden. Uh, and it's like a 65-foot goat. Um, what's more interesting, though, is that not only does it hold the record of having, you know, the most, you know, the largest straw goat ever, in the 50 years, well, actually 50 plus, because uh, 2016 was their 50th year anniversary. In the 50 years, though, that they had this straw goat, 35 of the times it was burnt down or destroyed. Oh. There's a, there seems to be a tradition of building this goat, and there also seems to be a tradition of hooligans trying to burn it down. Oh. Eh, I don't know. Those Scandinavians like to set stuff on fire. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> All the bonfires and stuff like that. So then they rebuilt it? Or, no, or no like just every just... year, it's just that there's the announcement. And in 2016, on the 50th year anniversary, they announced it in November. They had it up the night that it was yeah. unveiled. It was burnt down. Oh, yeah. And it just had, yeah. Uh, so burning goat instead yeah, of burning yeah, exactly. man. <laughs> so, but that's a little tidbit. And that's, it's just, there's a funny article about it online. But it's, uh, yeah, they still have the goat as a part of their their culture as well as their you know, symbolism in this time of year. And even during the, you know, the Santa mythos, St. Nicholas was shown to have a goat and not only be riding a sleigh, but he would also sometimes be riding a goat and giving his gifts. Really? Yep. There's some Santa Claus out there that is riding a goat. Yep. <laughs> wow. Exactly. Crazy. Yeah, there's this whole kind of like melding together or maybe a transformation over from is, exactly. uh, is really interesting. And again, we won't talk too much about it because we already talked a lot sure. about it in, uh, in episode 13 about Odin and how Santa actually became the Santa we know it because of Coca-Cola and all that. But you can right. go back to episode number right. 13 of the Drinking Horn Meadcast. I'm sitting down here at the long table in the Mead Hall. We've got a full Mead Hall. People are feasting. They're smiling. They're drinking mead. Some people are taking selfies over there uh, <laughs> and talking with Halbjorn, our resident mead slinger and Viking, about, about Yule. So... So that's kind of, that's one animal down, but there's uh, a couple more animals mm -hmm. that are tied to Yule. Yep. Uh, and so, um, give us another animal of Yule. <laughs> well, uh, I, so um, we talked about it in the last episode with, you know, Sleipnir, the horse. 
Um, so that's obviously, you know, that's associated with Odin and such. Uh, but then another one that is just associated with the Vikings and another god of Norse mythology is the boar. Uh, this is, uh, I guess, you know, the origin of the Christmas ham. Uh, <laughs> what? They would bring the toughest and the biggest boar, the, the, the one that, you know, the alpha boar, at the end of the year, they'd bring it into the hall, and they would... I, now, it's not clear on whether or not they would sacrifice it first and then make their oath, or that they would just bring this live pig into the hall or into the, you know, the, the temple and sacrifice or, and, and swear oaths on this boar. It was the, um, I think the Sonar, uh, Sonar, uh, Sonar Gotli, uh, or, uh, Sonar Gotli. Uh, is the is the name? It's called. It's like the oath boar or the sacrifice boar. Mm. Um, and you bring this, you know, this pig in. You and everybody would swear upon the boar. This is where you take your oaths. This is where you, you know, in front of everyone, say, "Hey, this is what I'm going to do next year." So it's, you know, again, not only is it the Christmas ham, it is also the uh, <laughs> the New Year's resolution. Uh, ah, yeah. Turns out though that it's a little bit more dire if you break these resolutions. These oaths oh. are, you know, backed sometimes by blood, sometimes Whoa. by, you know, you make a deal with your chieftain or a deal with your shield brother or shield maidens or whatever else to be like, hey, if I don't hold up to it, you can tar and feather me or you can, oh. you know, it, it was, it was, you know, you were held to your word or else you were kind of not considered a human being. So, so yeah. that's why it's called an oath and not a resolution. Right. An oath is kind right. of it's kind right. of a more well, because, foreboding word. Because on that oath, they then slaughter and sacrifice that pig to Odin. The blood is then drained from it, and that is used as uh, <clears throat> yet more festive Yule decorations around the hall and around the around the temple and such. Oh. They would, and they, they would uh, take sprigs of either you know spruce or evergreens or holly and dip it in the blood and almost like holy water, spray it on everyone. Oh my! Just a nice, you know, family festive time <laughs> for the Vikings. That is a party I could get behind for sure. Uh, but then they would either people. you know boil or roast the pig, and they would eat that sacrificial meat. So basically, they're in a sense they're sending the soul or the I guess we we talked about it in the first episode of the Viking stuff. The their Other, their their key or their soul, so to speak, up to Odin and sacrificing it to the gods, and then we are getting nourishment from that boar and contemplating our, our resolutions or our oaths that we did on that boar. Uh, although, the boar is more associated with the god Frere. Uh, now, the god Frere is a whole other tangent that I love to go on when it comes to Yule and Norse mythology and other things, too. Uh, there's a lot of overlap and there's a lot of similarities between the Norse god Frere and the horned god Kernanos in Celtic mythology. Uh, there's a lot of uh, Wiccans and a lot of dru modern Druids nowadays who say that Kernanos uh, splits himself or has himself split into the, uh, the Holly King and the Oak King. The Holly King comes in during the winter and he is death and coldness and darkness. And the Oak King is the summer and he comes in when he is, you know, when it's you know, warm and such. Uh, hence the association with Holly for the holidays and for, you know, the, uh, there's also the association with Holly with just Frere as well because it is a, you know, it's a berry fruit. It's a, you know, it's supposed to be that the berries represent fertility and virility and then the spine 
vines from the holly is supposed to be a protection against evil spirits. Man. Well, that is, I actually, you know, most of the stuff that you kind of touch upon, uh, you know, it sounds familiar. I've like right. come across it a little bit. I had knew nothing about Kernanos, yeah. and I'm writing this down yeah. right now. The Holly King and the Oak King. Yeah, the uh, the um, Frere. So the boar was associated with Frere. Uh, he rode into battle. Uh, oh, Frere, not Freya. I always get those oh, yeah, mixed so, up. Yeah, Frere Sorry. and Freya are we, twin brother and sister. They're the Van High. Yeah, they're they're both fertility gods. In the, yeah, exactly. So Frere, okay. Right, Frere. Uh, so he rides a boar, uh, a go- actually a shining bronze golden boar, of course. Uh, who was made by the dwarves that we had mentioned in a previous mm. episode. Uh, the, and his name was Gullenbursti. Uh, and uh, that you know, he was very associated with the boar and also oath-keeping. Uh, there was a lot of other speculations to say that Fro, uh, which is just another name for Freyr, was worshipped more so than Wotan or Odin in Germany. Uh, that Fro was the main head of the gods, and he there was a lot more Fro and Freyr worship in a lot of parts of Den- Denmark and Scandinavia uh, before or even long, you know, uh, even more so than Odin worship. Wow. Uh, but that's because he was a Vanir, he was maybe there first, uh, he was an agricultural fertility god, uh, and um, I'll, I'll let the folks at home look up pictures of his statue, and it kind of just speaks for itself. <laughs> okay, maybe I'll, maybe I'll get a link uh, in the show notes to a, to a photo of... Uh, of- you're talking about of Kernanos? No, of, well, of oh, particularly Frere, but Kernanos has a lot of overlap with... Gotcha. with yeah, yeah, but okay. more importantly, they're the horned gods because Frere is associated with the stag, with the buck, and he also will, at Ragnarok, die fighting with a stag horn with the fire giant Surtur at oh. the end of days. Cool. Yeah, we should uh, break down a Ragnarok episode at oh, some yeah. point. That'd be... It'd be, it'd be tough, um, but maybe we covered a, a lot of it with Loki. A little, you know, yeah. a good, a good bit of it. But mm. there's still some other things that can be, you know, gone through. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so okay. So we've got a goat. We've got a boar. Right. Um, now there's one that is. Yeah. Um, I think I, it's Icelandic. It is Icelandic. More, and I think more Icelandic it's than more, It's not Viking Age necessarily. It's I guess more well not modern but later period. Very much like the you know. There was a uh, survey in, I think, the 90s in Iceland that said, you know, that 60% of the people of Iceland legitimately believe in elves, in oh. elves and dwarves and fairies and all that. Hmm. Uh, they're very folklore-centered and yeah. such, very land spirit-based. So this creature, I'll just kind of set this up if you don't mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, when, when we get gifts, uh, there is... This may or may not have to do with it. It probably doesn't, but I found as I grow up that a lot of people share this tradition of opening up one gift on Christmas Eve, and it was more than likely it was pajamas. Right. Does that sound familiar yeah. to you? Okay, right. so I thought yeah. that was just my family. I mean, but- uh, my, my family, we got to, like, choose the box the, mm. the night before, and then we could open all of our presents the day after. But, y- yeah, most of the time. I think that was kind of what we did, too. We, we would choose one of our gifts, but also we would always get um, the, the pajamas, right. some kind of pajamas. And so, socks what does this have to do with folklore? Yeah. Um, so, if you opened up those pajamas or your new clothes that you got for Christmas Eve, but you did not wear them, and we're not wearing them by the time Christmas Eve turned to Christmas, <laughs> supposedly a giant cat 
would be roaming around and eating, killing and eating the people who were not wearing new clothes by the time Christmas Eve came around. I mean, what would you expect from an island full of sweater makers? Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> well, no, Icelanders are very known for having those, like, really, like, what we consider Christmas sweaters. Oh, yeah, that's just, like, they, they love those sweaters. They, they, they love, like, the, you know, the nice wool sweaters, and, you know, that's very Icelandic. Okay, so, yeah, so if you weren't wearing your, your, new, your, new, uh, your new clothes, your new Yule Icelandic sweater, yeah. sweater, then this cat would come through and, and eat you. Giant cat, like well, bigger than a house, and that's I think it is called like the Yulkatten or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's uh, well, same thing in also in Iceland they have the Yulbokflod, and we actually just had our own Bokflod mm, yes, here. Yes, we did. Uh, it's where they will just all for Christmas and for Yule exchange books, and that's what they do. That's their presents and such, and then they'll go in and read books and eat chocolate. Very, very quiet. Very, yeah, very yeah, nice, yeah. quiet, somber evening, you know. And I guess this sort of harkens back to the old days when you had to be hold up in your in your longhouse or in the temple or in the hall uh, just you know you, you're inside just be quiet and eat your chocolates and drink your mead <laughs> and the summer is almost here <laughs> yeah. nice yeah we did just have that event the uh, and thanks to you for bringing it up and that was great uh, the Yol book flood right or, or yeah. Yol book flood and that's kind of a, an important distinction too I mean in a lot of the Scandinavian countries and in Iceland and the Nordic countries they they do not call it Christ's mass they do not call it Christmas it is still called Yule or, or Yul uh, in much of you know all the Nordic countries yeah and that's what I've noticed a lot of the kind of regulars here mm-hmm. um, including yourself of course uh, still celebrate celebrate Yule like yep. like actually like you know well, do, and there's been a lot a of revival holiday. stuff going on on mm. Yule as to what it originally was uh, I mean there was a large part of you know Yule even in you know England and in Victorian England where they would still burn a Yule log in their fireplace and a lot of people still do that now whether it's a log that they're burning uh, or whether they are setting candles on a log uh, almost in, in kind of in the same way as you know in uh, in the the, uh, the Hanukkah tradition and such that they'll light candles on the 12 days of Christmas oh, or okay. something. There, there's a lots of different things that people have tried to revive and make their own traditions in concerns to Yule in this time of year. Yeah, uh, so the Yule I myself log, actually like to go out to the middle of the woods and burn the largest log that I can find. Which is what they did, right? Yes. So the Yule yeah. log was a tradition. I'll let you explain it, but <laughs> a lot of people talk about Yule logs and we think of either like a chocolate cake that we make sure. to represent it or like you said, a log with fire on it so we're not actually burning something um, right. nested in our house. So, but what was it back in the day? Well, it, it, the idea was, I mean, very much like bringing in a Christmas tree or, you know, anything else. And, you know, I, I guess this was the time for all the macho Vikings to you know, shine that you were sent by the chieftain or whomever to go out and find the largest fallen log that you possibly can find. <laughs> and and bring back more importantly. And we're talking know. about multiple people. Like, oh yeah, to carry it. We're oh, not talking the, about the biggest the one log. you as one no, person no, could no, get. No, no, no. You find <laughs> the biggest log, and you know, fifty of your friends if you can, <laughs> and you bring it out. And if it won't fit in the hall, fine. You bring the fire pit outside. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know exactly, but it, yeah. So you find the biggest log, and the idea is that it's supposed to burn all night long. Mm. Uh, there's some people that say that all if it burns really, long, really fast, you log, <laughs> you log. 
I'm just thinking of We the, haven't the had mu- a mu- musical interlude, so no, I have I'm, 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 f- I'm thinking of the movie The Fifth Element and, and how extra that movie is. Oh. <laughs> extra. Yeah, with the. Um, what was the. I can't remember the, the Bruce character's Willis name. Bruce Willis and Mila blah, 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 Yeah, but the, the the radio show host. Yeah. All night long, all night. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I think of. What's his name? He's crazy. That guy, yeah. the, the like, yeah, wild... Ruby Rod. Okay. That was his name, Ruby Rod. I wouldn't that have gotten was the, that he, the, Oh, that was a character's he, name. Right, right. Gotcha. He, he was the... Uh, played Tucker in Rush Hour. Yes. That. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Anyway. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. That's all I know of whenever I think of that song. <laughs> <laughs> so this Yule Log... <laughs> yeah. Oh, excuse me. Right. Um... Was it? Yeah, you went. You got the biggest log. It right. burned all night long. Would yeah. people be celebrating and feasting and oh, yeah. drinking I all mean, night? You gotta long? keep an eye on the fire. And you granted, do. you know, I mean, <laughs> this is sort of more of something that we know for a fact of in modern reenactments is that you always have somebody that's you know keeping uh, keeping an eye on things. It's your it's your night vigil that you stay up oh. all night hmm. uh, doing things. And there's you know traditions like that in the modern time and in the modern military. But also there's just you know back then it was sort of yeah if you wanted to stay up all night you are in charge of the fire making sure things don't burn down <laughs> yes yeah a very important job and a very serious yes. job yes. but i want to actually kind of start to wrap it up on one one person in the village or group or mm-hmm. whatever the culture that was not not serious for 364 uh, days of the year right. and has something to do with Yule. What the hell am I so, talking about? Uh, so it's, I mean, not necessarily, I mean, it's not a Viking thing, but in later in, I think, the Victorian era, there was the Yule Fool of it, or the Christmas Fool. Uh, and that, you know, you'd get your local fool or your local, I, I mean... Like Jester, would you call we, it? We, no? I don't really know. Because like, the thing is, uh, you know, Jesters kind of were not a thing after the medieval period. Mm. They, they just kind of weren't really a thing in king's courts anymore after the renaissance and such um i mean there were jesters obviously and they they were very vibrant but they kind of got phased out i think fool unfortunately kind of just refers to that 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 crazy person that you know talks to himself on the on the corner or Mm. something like that in the village you know so to speak but Again, you know, there's no spe- you know, my speculation is though that like for Christmas or during that time, he was in charge. He was the mayor. He was the king. Mm. You know that was that was what it was. And uh, there's even some speculation to saying that like Christmas as it was was almost celebrated in April, and that's why it was like April Fool's Day. And April Fool's Day used to actually be New Whoa. Year's. And yeah, ooh, yeah, getting things all mixed up yeah. there. Oh, yeah. that kind of hurts my head. <laughs> Holy cow. Um, so. As we as we uh, kind of like you know wrap up this episode, um, hopefully everyone's learning some stuff. And again, we've mentioned some past episodes. And uh, one of the things I, I'd love for you guys to do is to uh, subscribe to the Drinking Horn Meatcast. Meatcast, Meatcast, Meatcast. Uh, wherever you get your wherever you're listening right now go ahead and subscribe uh, share it send it out everywhere um, because we love to hear every once in a while we hear people say like hey you haven't done a meat cast and it just kind of blows me away I'm like oh people people are listening um, and, and we love to hear from you we do we absolutely do and I know people like might say that just to like get like comments to like 
up an algorithm or something like that but no like we love it it actually makes our day when we hear suggestions or ideas or thoughts about episodes or questions about episodes but um, and if you guys want to know anything about any sort of viking stuff or anything like that just just phone them in or send them in or you know come on into the meat hall and you know ask me a question and if i don't know i will ponder upon it and i will maybe (laughs) come back with a decent answer he's a very very good ponderer (laughs) ponderer uh yeah if you have any anything you'd like to actually ask on air um or not like live or anything like that but you can go to speakpipe so s-p-e-a-k-p-i-p-e dot com slash drinking horn and you can actually leave us a voicemail and i'll put it on to uh the episode um but i didn't want to kind of wrap up that hard if there's any is there anything else for yule that you wanted to, to i mention mean that's next about? year yeah <laughs> we, we gotta hold off content don't we <laughs> we do we do we do we gotta break it up because we're, we're looking at uh, about 45 minutes here which is perfecto oh yeah a, a, a merry yule to all of you good mm-hmm. tidings to all you know uh all the uh, mention er bruder. All, all, all men are brothers. It's an ode to joy. Nice. <laughs> well, and that was an ode to a crash. It's actually easier for me to sing it, unfortunately. But it's a, it's um, it's just the ode to joy lyrics. You know, uh, Ludwig van Beethoven. Oh. Uh, and it actually has kind of grown into being Europe's, and I hope someday you know the the world's sort of anthem it's all about you know ode to joy and a lot of people play ode to joy during christmas time as well um but it's just all about all 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 men and all all people all of mention being brothers being brutal so nice so i think that's a great ending point so in the next couple of days we'll be celebrating uh yule here at the mead hall and hopefully everyone else there it, whatever you're celebrating, celebrate each other. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Whether it's Saturnalia or Christmas or Yule or just, you know, the solstice. You know, making sure that we have some some, some cheer in these dark days. Yes. Um, Feast to the light. To all. Drink to the light. Yes. Happy holidays to all. Thank you, Javier. Skull. Skull. Oh,